are popping right across the street right now. We can still hear them going off, and we are excited that the Arizona Diamondbacks uh, once again beat L.A., Jesse. They beat L.A. third time this season. It feels good to beat the Los Angeles Dodgers this frequently, even if they have to play them eight times to do so. Welcome on into the PHNX D-backs podcast. I am your mayor of this joint, occasionally known as Derek Montilla. He's my vice mayor and your thunderstick, Jesse Friedman. Derek, that was that was a game. That was a game. It, it would be, I think, I think fans would, would appreciate it if the Diamondbacks would uh would just like play a game that was a little bit more relaxing and uneventful. Why would you want that? Why would you want that? A, a late game comeback. Literally every single Diamondbacks win oh. so far, all four of their wins have been comebacks late in yes. the game. All yes. four of them. They're like the most exciting episodes of The Last of Us. You know what I mean? Like, I, I need this drama in my life. I might not be able to take it for a full 162-game season, but I need it. I love it, and it's exciting. Uh, of course, we are very excited to have you guys all here. Uh, for so many of you guys that have already commented, welcome on in. Uh, and, of course, uh, we still don't know how the Diamondbacks win baseball games. Like, they seem to snatch the victory out of the jaws of defeat quite often, right? But yes. this just seems to be like today's game between Madison Bumgarner's kind of uh, slow start a little bit, uh, but he did get things back on track at times. And uh, the uh, continued lack of offense, it really didn't think look like things were were going in the Diamondbacks' direction early on. However, yeah. uh, however, uh, it didn't take long for Cattell to... to uh, show what he could do. We saw Cattell at batting practice, and Cattell looked very dialed in. And of course, uh, he got that leadoff double and eventually scored. So uh, it, it felt this one, this one, even though it, it did feel hopeless with Madison Bumgarner on the mound, yeah. uh, it just had a different kind of vibe to it the whole time. Diamondbacks were able to uh, have some big offensive outputs and really put this game. Uh, make, I don't make know why game. we're why are we talking about Cattell, Derek. He, I don't he know. was one we're for talking, four. He was like the lead, the player least to be highlighted in this oh game offensively God, because Jesse. Evan Longoria reached in all four He's of his plate appearances. Player to ever which play appara- the game. apparently Evan. I mean. Ever what's, cr- played what's what's crazy is that Evan Longoria is. I mean, he's not the greatest player to ever play the game, but Allegedly. Evan Longoria has had a pretty Allegedly. a pretty darn good career. Side note, um, but yeah, I mean, Longoria reached all four times in this game. Corbin Carroll, of course, had the big go ahead home run uh, before Longoria could even get to the dugout after tying the game with a solo shot against Clayton Kershaw. Corbin, Corbin Carroll, the first yard. pitch he sees against Clayton Kershaw in the sixth inning, I believe it was. Lefty on lefty matchup. Pretty tough situation for Corbin Carroll. He's hung in there against lefties during the yeah. season. I've been pretty impressed with some of those at-bats. And uh, today had a, a couple of hits uh, against Kershaw, including that that big solo home run that put the D-backs in front. I mean, the, the reason why I did talk about Cattell, obviously, is because Cattell has been one of the guys that has struggled. Uh, it was good. It was a good start. And Madison yeah. Bumgarner, though, even even with the the good start, the Dodgers were able to answer back immediately. Madison Bumgarner uh, just once again kind of looked like he was going to have another one of those outings. He had six walks, Derek. He had he six had, walks. He had six walks. Um, three runs, technically only two earned runs. So in some ways, the pass ball by Gabby the, Moreno. The, yeah, right? the pass yeah. ball by Gabby Moreno, I think was was the cause of that. But. Yeah, I mean, you, you got to give Bumgarner some credit for hanging in there and not letting some of these innings for balloon sure. on him. And he did get an assist from Dre Jameson uh, in that in that fifth inning with the bases loaded in two outs. Jameson, once again, had a very, very yep. strong outing out of the bullpen for the D-backs. And when it comes to the mound, that's really the story in this game, is that the Diamondbacks' bullpen 
is uh, good has been outstanding <laughs> what is that right <laughs> I don't know. what does this mean i mean of, of course you know we have the scott mcguff uh blown ninth inning situation yeah. against the padres and i think that based on how we how what we all went through last season that immediately sticks out in your mind as as the bullpen performance kind of from the season but the reason why is because the bullpen has quietly not really been the problem even in the losses the bullpen gave the diamondbacks an opportunity to to stick in the game and come back starting pitching has been very bad for this team but the bullpen has not and Dre Jameson was very very good today. Yeah, uh, I think Tori Lavolo has finally finally has that guy. And of course, the big concern here is to not want to go to Dre Jameson too often and overwork him because it feels like that's a very tempting thing that that Tori Lavolo might be you know wanting to do at times based on how good Jameson has been out of the pen. But uh, two and a third, no hits, no runs, one yeah. walk, one strikeout. I mean, he was, it was really good. good. It was really good. And and I got to say, the other thing that came out of this game for me is Dre Jameson's a reliever. I'm just going to say it. If the D-backs want to make Dre Jameson a starter, it's kind of a weird path to do so at this point. Yeah. He threw 38 pitches in his yeah. last game on Tuesday. He threw 26 pitches in this game on two days rest. Things are not trending in the direction of stretching Correct. out Dre Jameson. They're Correct. trending in the direction of kind of shrinking down his innings and making him available more frequently. And you can understand why. I mean, Dre Jameson, if the Diamondbacks don't bring him in uh, to that fifth inning to get Mad Bum out of trouble and get those two key innings after that, um, this this game looks different, right? Miguel Castro has been really good. Andrew Chafin's been really good. I don't know if the D-backs have, you know, two other relievers that they necessarily Correct. feel comfortable with late in games. Dre Jamison in almost all of the D-backs wins. Dre Jamison has pitched in three of the four games that the Diamondbacks have won. He's been vital. He's and been he's been vital. absolutely vital yeah. in all of them because the D-backs don't have you know, three, four, five arms that you really feel good about in these close games. He's been there to bridge the gap. And he's been really, really darn good doing it to the point that I don't know if the Diamondbacks could find a way to win some of these games if he wasn't in their bullpen. And and I mean, even though that might be a problem, that might be not the worst problem to have. Dre Jamison, we talked to him. He's very accepting of this role. He still seems, like we said on yesterday's episode, a bit confused about how he's going to be utilized because I feel like they you still don't you know. You can't blame him for that. No, they, I, they don't know. Like, if they don't know, how, how can he know how he's going to be utilized, yeah. right? Uh, I just think that he is a very consistent, gives them length, gives them a two-plus guy, which they don't really have in a lot of the other guys in the pen. Uh, another stellar managerial move, in my opinion, was Miguel Castro coming back out after coming in in the eighth yeah. to get Mookie in the ninth. And that was something that we we wondered if we would see that out of Tory with certain guys. We didn't know about Miguel Castro, maybe his ability to come back to the dugout, sit down, and then go back out and and, and work on the mound, right? Yeah, so. yeah he looked great in the, in that role, and it, it lined up perfectly for Tory Lovello. You know, have, have Castro stay in to get the righty and Mookie Betts, and then you bring in Andrew Chafin for Freddie Freeman. You got Max Muncy and other left-handed hitters, a couple batters after that. Things really lined up pretty well. Andrew Chafin's slider is so filthy. It really um, is. It, I mean, it was good. It, it was really good is. back in the day. But Andrew <laughs> Chafin, my goodness, that slider is just an incredible pitch. Last year, opposing hitters hit like 150 or something off of Andrew Chafin's slider. 
Um, and we've we've seen that just continue to be an outstanding pitch for him this year. Um, and yeah, the offense, Derek, like the, the offense, offense kind of woke up the a little bit, right? So good. Uh, it was a little little slow early on against Clayton Kershaw, as it as it tends to be against yeah. a guy who's that good. Uh, but they've but, been good about going like getting to the bullpen and and doing damage against the bullpen yeah. when that when that starter has been dominant against them. Unfortunately, they've kind of fell victim to that. It seems like every starting pitcher so far that has faced the Diamondbacks outside of you, Darvish, you know, and uh, maybe I don't know. Uh, what was in the first? I don't know. Anyway, Ryan Weathers. Yeah, Ryan Weathers. Yeah, yeah, Ryan Weathers is who I was thinking of. Um, everybody's looked like a star against this team, and that's the part yeah. that's kind of the the I guess the more concerning thing offensively is is how is their game plan? You know, basically so lost against some of these starting pitchers. But man, when they get into the bullpen, especially against this Dodgers team, they're able to make some stuff happen. The back to back jacks though by Longoria and Carroll. Yeah, those were just electric it completely changed the game changed the vibe of the stadium like i gotta say yeah over i mean i know it's just been two games at chase field this year but they've both been against the dodgers and i have to thank the diamondbacks fans for for coming out and having such a great showing yeah that it's loud in there and it's loud for the yeah. Diamondbacks. The, you know? the beat the beat la chants were running wild there at they the end of the game wild. there were a lot of dodgers fans there i'm they're not gonna lie there always is you're maybe, never gonna get away from maybe 40 percent dodgers fans 60 percent d-backs fans i still think the d-backs fans had the edge at the end of the day it was fantastic. um but yeah they were they were out there they were loud and uh, and I mean, Evan Longoria, man, apparently has some sort of a some sort of a clutch factor uh, going on. <laughs> right. I he mean, does. he's the guy who hit that yeah. home run in, in San Diego on Monday to give the Diamondbacks a one run lead there. Uh, unfortunately, that one didn't work out for right. for right. Scott McGuff in the ninth inning. Uh, but but in it this still game, happened. It still yeah. happened. Right. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah, the the that one didn't go their way. And they're not all going to. Right. Like, you're yeah. still going to even have. Dre Jamison possibly have a bad outing out of the bullpen or one of the other guys. But for now, uh, it seems like Torrey has at least three solid relievers that we saw make an appearance in this game that he can rely on. Right. Yeah. Um, but more importantly, the, 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 the bullpen has not been the concern right now. The starting pitching Madison Bumgarner, uh, his role in, in the starting rotation, that's a concern. And the offense has been a big concern. Torrey Lovello spoke before the game. Uh, about the offense and what's funny about this is this clip starts off uh with our very own vice mayor over here informing jesse about uh informing Lourdes tory L- i sorry. informed you're, tory you're, i didn't i didn't inform myself you didn't inform yourself yeah. uh jesse <laughs> i've already have, almost finished this one excuse me but, uh jesse informed tory that Lourdes Guriel doesn't have a great uh, was it OPS there in in the month yeah April? we were talking about Lourdes Guriel jr pregame and how uh he hasn't generally started off very well and of course he hasn't started off well for the d-backs this season he was 0 for 3 with a walk today he didn't necessarily have a great game either but um but yeah i brought up how uh lordis in march and april had a career ops of 612 coming into this game not great he has a, he's had a very streaky career if you look through lordis uh, history of lordis guriel jr over with Toronto. He's had some very, very good months and some very, very bad months. Generally, those bad months start at the beginning of the year. But um, but yeah, I uh, talked with Tori about how uh, Lourdes' numbers in March and April were not necessarily the best. Uh, Gabriel says, and Derek wanted him DFA'd after game one. No, I didn't. That was Sean. Uh, is that Evan, Evan Longoria? We that never, we're about? We never uh, doubted Evan Longoria for a second on this podcast. <laughs> we never doubted him, and that's why Evan Longoria... 
uh, is our king snake of the game. But we'll, uh, I, I was setting up our Tory clip. Can we see what Tory had to say? Because Jesse is informing Tory about things about his own players. I think Guriel has a career 6-12 OPS in March and April. Has that come up at all that he's kind of struggled at the beginning of the year in the past? It has not. It has not. But thank you for that information. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. do you, how do you balance just in general, you know, delivering a message to your hitters of, of what you want to see and also recognizing that, you know, slumps over seven games will happen over the course of the season? Yeah, I probably talk more to the hitting coaches about that stuff. And it's mostly about just stick with it. Stay with the plan, stay with the process. What is the process? Do you, do you need to examine it, change it? And we, we've got great hitting coaches. They're always, they're always trying to, to, to push the right button, button with whether it's a drill or a conversation. And we've got, we've got an assortment of hitting coaches, so there's different levels of conversation. But I'll deal directly with the hitting coaches before I get into the player. Um, and... Yeah, look, it's not any time to panic about our offense. I know that we are not swinging the bat well at all, but it's seven games. And, you know, I want to see things get better. I vented I, I a little bit of my frustration yesterday just simply because what I said today, again, like we got really good hitters on this team, really, really good hitters that have done it at a very high level and done it successfully. So we just got to remember that. We'll get back to that. You. Yeah, Tori looks at Jesse that way, by the way, Michael, because he wants to steal him from us. He looks at him that's and thinks, how can I add this guy to my staff? I'm pretty sure <laughs> that's what it's about. But, yeah, you did talk about there. You know, I mean, obviously, I think your your question was a good question, and it, it is kind of like how do, how do you kind of coach these guys through a slump when you're just trying to trust them and let them do their thing? Yeah. But it really seemed like uh, it worked tonight because the six runs on the board – uh, was a nice output. We get tacos. Yes, and, and yes. we get we get a, a win against the Los Angeles Dodgers. But uh, like I was alluding to before the Tory clip, uh, Evan Longoria. We never doubted him for a second, and he's our king snake of the game. Three for three, two runs scored. Uh, had that big home run. Uh, had a walk in there. Was on base every time he came up to the plate. And Tory also spoke about Evan's impact in the clubhouse and in the dugout. He said that every time Evan speaks about the game, he's so knowledgeable and he's so experienced that Tory finds himself leaning in and listening a little closer to yeah. what Evan has to say because he just has so much knowledge to share. And again, we talked about that. fifteenth year, man. Well, he's literally played 15 years in the big leagues. But it's like you can't quantify how valuable that is to a team that's as young as this team is, yeah. right? Like he didn't intend for him to come in here and be a mentor necessarily to these guys. Yeah, I but think that sounds, was part of it, right? I'm sure. It I mean, always, the I mean, the D-backs yeah. definitely emphasized that they didn't just want him to be a mentor. Though. Right. Like they, right. want, they brought in Evan Longoria they say, because yeah, they, they still thought he was a good baseball player. play third base, right? Like they weren't yeah. just bringing him in as like the wise old man to yeah. guide the the youngins, right. right? But uh, again, as he's proven, Evan Longoria is still a very good baseball player. Yeah, I mean, what we've learned so far about the 2023 Diamondbacks is their biggest strength as a team is the bullpen. Uh-huh. Zach Davies is the best starting pitcher they have. He's their ace, obviously. And, and Evan Longoria and Geraldo Perdomo are their two most valuable position players. Just as that's what I've taken away. That's what I've taken away. I imagine some of those things might change over the over the next few months. But <sighs> uh, but yeah, Longoria has been outstanding. The D backs have. The D-backs have used some kind of just straight platoons. It's yeah. been Nick Ahmed against every lefty. It's been Perdomo against every righty, um, I believe. 
And then at third base, same same scenario. It's been Josh Rojas against every righty. It's been Evan Longoria against every lefty. We've also seen Tori Lovello have a lot more regularity in the lineups. Yeah. Guys aren't being shifted around the lineups nearly as much as I as we've seen in past years. Tori's been more consistent with that. Um, and I know that's something that, that he did intentionally. I don't know what that's necessarily contributed to the offense being good or not good, sure. or it probably doesn't necessarily mean much, but... Um, but yeah, I mean, when you put Evan Longoria in the lineup and have him face almost all lefties, the numbers from past years say that's going to be a pretty good thing. I yep. mean, Longoria, even though he's not nearly the player that he once was last year with San Francisco, he had really good numbers against left-handed pitchers, um, and he held his own against against righties as well. So uh, I like what I'm seeing from the D-backs in terms of trying to trying to get these guys in games and, and put them in positions to succeed. Um, and honestly, it's. I think it's some versatility, some flexibility that Tori just never really had necessarily. You know, we've talked about how yeah. depleted this team has been at times. And even I think early on in his time as a manager here, he had good players that he believed in. So he trusted those guys and didn't really feel like straying away too often other than giving them time off or whatever. Right. But now it's different. I feel like this team does have the ability for Tori to kind of swap all these parts and not necessarily commit which we know he likes to do we literally loves versatility we know he loves guys yeah. that offer that versatility but i i just i'm really liking what i'm seeing out of him and i feel like tory is kind of trying new things which is something he is. that he's been criticized for in the past has been yeah kind of rigid yeah and i mean what he's done in the bullpen i think has worked pretty darn well right i mean there's that whole conversation about what are you going to do without a closer you know, when Scott McGuff had that had that ugly outing, yeah. you know, you're like, oh, man, this is not this is not looking the way that, that you want it to. Um, but again, the fact that Tori Lovello doesn't have a closer locked in means that when Scott McGuff goes out there and has that kind of an outing, he can be like, all right, I'm not going to go to Scott McGuff yeah. next time. Yeah. I'm going to go to, yep. to Castro or, or Chafin or, you know, have Dre Jamison finish the game or, or one of those things like we've seen recently. And, and it's worked really well. Uh, Miguel Castro in particular, he, his stuff is extremely good. Yeah. Um, yeah I don't know if I fully realize how <laughs> filthy Miguel Castro's stuff is. Man. If you look at his numbers from past years, it's like, all right, he had an ERA of four and struck out like a batter an inning. This doesn't necessarily look that compelling. When you see it in games, you can see that when he commands his stuff, when he's able to put it where he wants to, and when, you know, he maybe stays away from using too many sinkers, that pitch has gotten killed a little bit in the past. He can be a really effective reliever. And you kind of like what you're seeing right now from, from the back end of the D-backs bullpen, like we were saying earlier. I, I love it so far. And I also love the fact that the Diamondbacks were able to beat Clayton Kershaw and the Dodgers without uh, Christian Walker going yard. Uh, Christian That's Walker, true. Yeah, imagine way, that. He went 0 for 4 tonight. Uh Christian Walker does have 15 homers and 37 RBI versus the Dodgers since 2019, which is the most for both of those categories in all of Major League Baseball. Really? He has wow. the most. He, he just beats out Manny Machado in both categories for the most. Five of those home homers runs. are against Clayton That's Kershaw. That's right. They sure we were are. all a little bit shocked <laughs> that we didn't see number six and possibly yeah. number seven yeah, in, in for this sure. game. For sure. Uh, but uh, I'm still betting on Christian. I'm still betting on Christian Walker to hit home runs against Clayton Kershaw anytime the two match up, and I will never stop doing that. And I do that over at the Bet MGM app, and you can too. You can also get very coming very soon some PHNX curated in-app bets from your favorites here at PHNX. Uh, and you got to check out the sports book, man. The one that sports book 
over there by State Farm Stadium is incredible. We're going to have all sorts of fun events out there. We are also going to have our monthly Cornhole League at the State Farm Stadium Bet MGM Sportsbook. So make sure to join us for that. If you haven't signed up for Bet MGM yet, use our bonus code at PHNX and you will get up to $200 in bonus bets on your first wager with Bet MGM. Here's how it works. Download the Bet MGM app and sign up using bonus code PHNX. Place a pregame money line wager in the amount of at least $10 on any market at standard odds price and you will receive $200 in bonus bets instantly regardless of the outcome of your wager. Just make sure you use bonus code PHNX when you sign up. And now, listen to our lovable Shane talk about the disclaimer. Disclaimer, 21 plus to wager. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in Washington, D.C., Mississippi, Nevada, New York, and Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369, New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP-ARIZONA, 1-800-522-4700, Kansas, Nevada, 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts, 1-800-BETS-OFF-IOWA, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. Uh, all right. Well, we thank you guys for being here in the PHNX Sports YouTube channel. As always, make sure to smash that like button for Jesse. Jesse Just loves that. Uh, I mean, I love it too, but I try not to show that publicly. Uh, but yeah, it makes us feel good. Of course, the bigger thing is subscribe to the PHNX Sports YouTube channel. That way you don't miss any of our wonderful content. Sign up for notifications so you don't miss our shows when they go live. Uh, if you're listening to us on your favorite audio podcasting app right now, uh, make sure to subscribe to us. We're coming to you right now from the past. So we don't know if you're listening or not, but we hope you are there in the future. Uh, and leave us a review. We always love the feedback. More stuff to do. Uh, if you haven't signed up for a PHNX Diehards membership already, I don't know what you're waiting for. They basically pay for themselves instantly. Grab That's yourself true. a Diehards membership. Not only do you get access to Jesse's full count newsletter, which that alone is worth the money for the Diehard membership. Let's be honest. You get all of his content. But... You also get a free piece of merch from the phnxlocker.com as well as 20% off all future purchases. You get uh, And you get that free piece of merch every year. You're a diehard member. You also get access to our members-only Discord lounge. You get uh, discounts with our uh, partners, including Mountain Mike's, that gives you a $50 gift card when you sign up for a diehard membership, uh, as well as access to our members-only Discord lounge, our uh, special member events, members-only merch, and so much more. So sign up today for a diehard membership and join our PHNX family. Uh, we want you here more than we want Madison Bumgarner here is basically what I'm saying. Mm. But uh, Bumgarner uh, did not have a terrible outing today. Uh, actually, eh. okay, yeah, okay, eh. okay, he's right. Okay, he's right. I'm just trying to sugarcoat it just a little bit. But uh, six walks, not good. Uh, however, dating back uh, maybe to the end of last season uh, before he was shut down and, and his starts during spring and his first start this year, uh, this – Outing didn't look so bad uh, by comparison. He went four and yeah. two-thirds, gave up five hits, three runs, two earned, like we said, uh, due to the pass ball by Moreno. Uh, still had five strikeouts, six walks. At times, he looked like Madison Bumgarner at, uh, of old. I actually <laughs> turned to Jesse and said, wow, that was a nice little three-player run uh, we had here. Sure. Uh, you know, but that's the problem, right? Yeah. You're getting excited because he was able to, after walking the first batter of an inning, kind of get out of it without <laughs> anybody else getting on. The bar and has been set pretty low. It was very low bar. Yeah. Like, I couldn't believe that I well, was Well, actually... and also, like, you, you know, you look a little bit deeper, and it feels like anytime Mad Bum has retired a few guys in a row, if you go back and look at it pitch by pitch, it's like, oh, that... 
that's that one yeah. cutter or whatever was kind of left right over the middle of the plate and he sort of just got away with it. Yeah. So yeah, Mad Bum just continues to to be kind of the same the same pitcher that he was last yeah. year's. His velo did tick up a little bit in this outing compared to his last one. They Still hit like not 91, 90. Yeah, I think he topped out around 91. I think his average tonight was about 90 compared to 89 in his first start of the season. He's so still throwing that 88 mile an hour cutter that at times yeah. if it's not located right, it's just a big old meatball. Yeah, the cutter is still probably his best pitch. He did get some whiffs on some four seamers that were, you know, in some in some good spots. But the thing with Bumgarner is at the very least, you expect a guy like Bumgarner to be able to throw strikes, yeah. right? Even yeah. if he's not blowing guys away. He's the kind of guy out of everyone in this rotation who needs to be in the strike zone. And you go out and walk six guys, it's it's really hard for him to stay competitive. Now, like I said earlier, you got to give credit where credit is due. The fact that he, you know, got out of this only allowing two earned runs with an assist from Jay Jameson, that's that's nice. I mean, you'll you'll take that. You, you know, you like to see Mad Bum fighting out of some of those spots. Unlike uh, his last outing when, you know, it was just pretty it was pretty rough. He gave up five runs right in the first inning out of the out of the gate. Um, But on the whole, it still it still didn't look good. I mean, you can't give up 11 base runners in four and two thirds innings and expect to only give up two or three runs with regularity. That's just not going to be sustainable. Mad Bum is going to have to be better than that if he wants to stay in this rotation. Also, I'm not sure if it's irony. It might be a bit ironic that the man who relieved him as essentially the guy that's getting passed up for the starting rotation yeah. and who is doing an excellent job right now. The guy that bailed him out of a bases-loaded jam uh, and also came in and gave the Diamondbacks two more quality innings of work of no-hit baseball uh, is now kind of committed to being a reliever, and that's all appears, due to the fact yeah. that the Diamondbacks don't have a place for him and Madison Bumgarner is in the starting rotation. If we're being honest about it, we don't know how much longer the Diamondbacks – leave Madison Bumgarner in the rotation. It's probably going to be for the rest of the year unless some injury or something occurs. I don't know if I agree with that. Really? I don't think. I'm going to say it right now. Let me just say this before you start. If he was any other pitcher besides Madison Bumgarner, we both know that he wouldn't stay in the starting rotation, right? Like if this was was Dre Jamison, if this was Ryan Nelson, if this was Zach Davies, I would have a hard time believing that the Diamondbacks would continue to let him go out there and and start but because it's Bumgarner and because of incumbency and what he's done in his career he it feels like he's going to continue to get opportunities I see where you're coming from and I think that was the case last year right I yeah mean, the D-backs Definitely. wrote it out with Mad Bum despite what the numbers said up until the very end of the season when they were like all right take a break shut him down oh, yeah shut him down a couple weeks early get some of these young guys some opportunity but I don't think that's going to be the case here uh, I'm going to go ahead and say just my personal gut feeling. I would be a little bit surprised if Madison Bumgarner was in this rotation once we get to May. Once we get to wow. May, once we get to the second month of wow. the season, I don't think the leash is very long for Madison Bumgarner. Um, not because the D-backs don't want to see him succeed or don't believe that he could succeed. Sure. But at this point, I mean, you've seen, I want to say it's about 450, 350, 450 innings. It's one of those numbers. Um, roughly that Mad Bum has thrown in his Diamondbacks career. And he has an ERA of five. And he's not showing anything right now that shows that he's gotten better from what he's done so far. If anything, the numbers tell you that he's probably gotten a little bit worse. And the Diamondbacks at this point, they're not playing for fourth place, right? Mike Hazen, Ken Kendrick, 
the the people leading this organization came out at the beginning of the year and said success for us means buying at the trade deadline, right? Correct. Playing meaningful games late in the season. That's where they want to go. Tori Lovello's contract is on the line, right? Yeah. There are things at stake here. I don't think the Diamondbacks can afford another 70-75 win season, at least in their own eyes. I don't think the leash uh, can be very long considering all of those things, even though the D-backs aren't going to say it, right? They're not going to come out and say the leash is short for Bumgarner. Um, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if in a few weeks, if if these trends continue and Bumgarner continues to be shaky and you know, walking five or six guys in outing or whatever it looks like, I think they might have to make a move. I want to believe in everything that you're saying, mostly because it makes the most sense. Yeah. I don't, you're going to pay Madison Bumgarner regardless. This is true. Whether he's good, whether he's bad, whether he's awful, whether he's injured, you're going to pay him. Yeah. So why sacrifice the success of this team if you don't think that he is going to give you a chance to win baseball games. I mean, I will say that at one point during this game, I turned to Jesse and just commented about how truly hard it must be to throw a pitch, have it move, make it go 95 miles an hour and just get it inside this little box. You know, it's yeah. pitching at a major league level is one of the most difficult things I think in sport, especially considering uh, how, all these analytics and, and everything has, has evolved the game, right? You can't just go out there and overpower a guy with a 98-mile-per-hour fastball. That shit ain't going to work. If they know where it's coming and it ain't moving, you're you're not going to find very much success with it. Yeah. Madison Bumgarner doesn't seem to have much left in the tank. It's not a shot at him. It's not that he hasn't tried. We have seen this man putting forth all the effort in the world, to be honest. And at times, yeah. it looks like he personally cares so much about this and wants – to turn things around. It just isn't happening, right? So Yeah, and that was that was the takeaway from his arm fatigue situation. Madison Bumgarner after that happened and Tori Lavello said the same thing. The problem was that Mad Bum went too hard between starts. And like in those couple weeks yeah. leading to the season, yeah. he also said over the off season he probably overdid it. And and I believe that. Yeah. We're in no in no way are we questioning Mad Bum's, commitment. you know, yeah, his commitment, yeah. his drive, his desire to get back to the pitcher that he once was. All those things are there, maybe to an excess, uh, but it's just so abundantly clear with what you're seeing on the field right now that he's just not that guy. Yeah. And I think the D-backs, you know, if if the next option was, you know, a Humberto Castellanos or Humberto Mejia yeah. or Tyler Gilbert or, yeah. you know, one of those depth, even, yeah, I mean, one of those depth starters that we've seen in the last few years, then, yeah, maybe you're like, OK, let's ride it out with Mad Bum. We're going to have to pay him all this money. Let's see what we can get. But that's not the case. You've yeah. got Brandon Fott. You've got Tommy Henry. You've got, you know, Dre Jameson, potentially, depending on how how they want to go with that. I don't think you can afford to just keep running Bumgarner out there over and over again. I, I And I hate to say that, but I also think that at a point, uh, which, what, which I was getting to, is that you're paying him no matter what, right? So yeah. don't... S- Sacrifice Don't compound the problem yeah. by, by having him go out there and and not and be, lose you more games. Yeah. Just not be somebody that can that can help this team get to where they're going to go. Yeah. I mean, we we've already talked in this show about Longo and how he not only has been successful on the field, but what he's added to the dugout in the clubhouse. Right? I 
never expected to really hear that about Mad Bum, and I've never really heard it about Mad Bum. I've never had these surprising discussions or talks with players from this organization where they, where they were like, man, Mad Bum gave me some great advice. It was awesome. He's just been really helping me out. I think there's maybe been elements of that, but I'm yeah, sure he's not is. the he's vocal not clubhouse kind of leader he's that Evan Longoria kind of, is. Right. Yeah, yeah, for and, sure. And uh, that's the thing about it is, is that there are, uh, when you're at that point in your career, there are other things you can offer, but if you're not offering those as well as not offering performance on the field, then what are we even doing here anymore? You know, I'm sure for the most part, uh, it it would be a hit to his ego, but I'm sure he also wouldn't mind riding off into the sunset a bit. You know, I mean, he's made plenty of money in this and I'm not sure if he would retire, but he could at least take some time off if the Diamondbacks parted ways with him. I just don't, I guess that's my thought is with everything you said, what, what do they do with Mad Bum? I mean, you could you could try him in the bullpen, right? That's the idea that people keep floating That's, out there. I don't, I don't know. know I don't know if Mad Bum is going to be down. Uh, is going to be down for that. I think at a certain point, the D-backs wouldn't want to force him into that unless it was something that he was okay with. Like I yeah. think that would just be. You don't want to completely destroy your relationship with this guy or anything, sure. right? If, or just, if that's something he really doesn't want, you probably don't want him to, to do it anyway. So yeah. maybe that would be a topic of conversation that would come up. But we're not at that point yet. Even though I, I said earlier, you know, my, my gut tells me that this might be over sooner rather than later. The D-backs aren't going to pull Bumgarner from the rotation when his only two starts are against one of the best teams in baseball, right? I mean, this lineup is is very, very good. Uh, we saw them continue to work counts and continue to work patient at bats as they always do. We saw Miguel Vargas walk two more times, which is still dumbfounding how that man continues to walk <laughs> every know. single time he comes to the plate. What was he, like nine for 16 at bats or something I like think, that? I want to say coming into this game, he'd had 13 plate appearances against the D-backs, and eight, eight of eight them walks. were walks. And he walked This tonight. game, I think it was two out of four. Um, so at a slightly lower, he only walked half the time today, so sli- a slightly lower pace okay. than he has in the past against the Diamondbacks. Let me tell you this much. <laughs> Every fucking spring, I am making sure that the Diamondbacks' young hitters go through this same hitting regimen of just standing there at the plate, not being allowed to swing the bat because it has done something for his ability uh, to, to, you know, know the strike. Yeah. Zone. It really has. Yeah. Right? Or, or pitchers just got really afraid. They're just at terrified. Of They're him. like, Oh yeah. my gosh, he can't swing. Right. It's going to be so embarrassing. If, if I, I don't, don't throw get strikes. Right now. <laughs> and now they're just like terrified every time he's like, Oh no, he can swing now, but oh. I still can't throw strikes. Uh, no, I think that will change at some point. Yeah. Uh, James Outman looks good though. He Speaking does. Speaking of, speaking of Dodgers youngsters, uh, first he, home uh, run off a left-hander. Yeah, yeah, he homered, hit his second home run against the D-backs uh, in this game, and continues to look good. Corbin Carroll's got some, uh, he's got some competition for the Rookie of yeah, the Year award, uh, even though he had a very nice game himself, as we talked about earlier. But James Outman, Jordan Walker's doing some big things for the St. Louis Cardinals. Think- Miguel Vargas for, from these Dodgers, I'm sure, would be in that mix as well. Hold the fuck on. Did There's Corbin some- Carroll not hit a home run in this he game, did. Jesse? He absolutely did. I'm just saying he's got That's company. That's what we're going to talk about. I'm the just saying- rookie of the year. I got money on him. Remember that. You let's not, let's not forget about that. We have a campaign to uphold. What's that? We have, we have a campaign to uphold. We have we have a narrative that we need to, to we absolutely to drive do. Yeah, and that home. Is, you know what I mean? That it's is not Corb him. Corb him. We can't I even picked be talking Corbin about other candidates. Yeah. I, I I picked him to win the rookie of the year. That was that was my pick. I'm just saying there's there's some there's some competition. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Well, uh, I don't I I don't really want to do this to him, but I'm going to do it to him anyway. Uh, Mad Bum's uh, performance tonight was our OG's performance. 
uh, to forget. Mm. Yeah, that's uh, maybe his whole time with the Diamondbacks. I don't know. He's had some good months in there. I'm not going to. He has. I'm not going to throw him under the bus like that. But, of course, if you want to forget about a performance, not tonight's game is not the performance to forget. Tonight, we yeah. want to remember tonight's game. But uh, make sure to grab some of our friends from OGs and their wonderful edibles. Uh, so excited, by the way, for Buds of Palooza to be coming up next week. Uh, we are going to be out there hanging out with our friends from OGs for Buds of Palooza. And of course, uh, you guys know me, the best way to get a good night's sleep is with our friends from OGs and their Aquaberry Sleep Edition Gummy. It's a CBN to THC, two to one flavor ratio, uh, and it absolutely flavors your dreams. Uh, not to mention, we have our brand new collabo shirt with our OGs brands. It is live now. If you want to get your hands on this dope collab tee, make sure to get your ticket to Buds of Palooza. Look at this bad boy that we got coming. Look at this. This is probably my favorite shirt that we've done. Look at how happy Phoenix is in this one, Jesse. Look at it. It's a little off-putting. I don't think yeah, Phoenix is supposed to be that well, happy, is he? When you got OGs, you're always happy, Jesse. <laughs> That's the big thing here is OGs uh, make the vibes immaculate. And, of course, you can grab this shirt at Buds of Palooza. To get info on Buds of Palooza, check out budsofpalooza.com. Uh, join us. Friday, April 14th, right right across the street, downtown Phoenix. We'll be hanging out with our friends at OGs. Like I said, we'll also be doing a special edition of our OGs PHNX Variety Show Live from Buds of Palooza, which I will be involved with. Uh, and that is where you can buy this special collabo shirt. Jesse won't go anywhere near a marijuana festival at all, but <laughs> he does enjoy the stories that I bring back and tell him. I afterwards. do. I do. He loves my adventures. But uh, also, uh, if, if, if that's not your cup of tea, go grab some beers over at the Four Peaks A Street Pub. Our friends at Four Peaks are, of course, the local craft brewery of choice for us around here at PHNX. Uh, they have their tours that you can take of that A Street Pub. Their chicken tendies are wonderful. And honestly, I don't want them to hear me say this. They give you way too many. They just give you way too many chicken tenders. They do. Everybody in this room right now is shaking their head in agreement with me because we it's all know absurd. we've all eaten their chicken tenders and none of us can really finish them. There's just... <laughs> plates of, of half-eaten chicken tenders all over the place. You're always asking. Asking. Eventually, we'll figure out we should just split them. Nah, but that nah, apparently, that's just nah, too complicated. Yeah, we don't have the mental cool. capacity yeah. to pull the, that off. Always at the table, just asking every single person you know, hey, do you yeah. want a chicken tender? Yeah, 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 you want to eat trying to pawn yeah. off these, these delicious chicken tenders on people. Yeah, it's very it's odd. Just, it's just too much. It's just too much food. <laughs> and I love that. Anywhere that feeds you too much is a good place to go. Uh, so check out fourpeaks.com. Uh, their events calendars at fourpeaks.com slash events for all your beer week entertainment. Uh, they have their new coach, their new GM, and uh, the third pick in the draft. And I'm not talking about four peaks. I'm talking about the Arizona Cardinals. Big opportunity for this team and the best place to take in this pivotal moment. And the rest of the NFL draft is on April 27th with Bo Brack and Johnny Venerable and us. We'll be there too, uh, your favorite degenerates, at the Four Peaks A Street Pub. Uh, must be 21 years or older to enjoy the beer and enjoy responsibly. Uh, before we get out of here, First, I didn't do this yet, but Jesse, we're peeking at Mount 500. Oh, David, there you let's go. Let's get the video up there. We got Mount 500. I want, like, if, yeah, keep going. Let's keep that guy going. Man, that's the D-Max. <laughs> David's having a good time over there. The D-Max are apparently anti streak. 
if I'm not mistaken. They are anti-streak. They, they, they did not lost, multiple games. They lost run. game one. They won game two. They lost. They won. They lost. They won. They lost. Correct. And today they won. Correct. So uh, I guess we're going to be doing the Mountain 500 thing kind of a lot, Derek, <laughs> at this rate. <laughs> at this rate, we're going to pull that up that's 81 that's times. Great. That's great. The Diamondbacks oh. finish the year 81 and 81. Hopefully more than that. Hopefully more than that, Jesse. They can get over the hump tomorrow. Let's we'll take see. a look yeah, at the probables for this series. Maybe they can get over the hump. Uh, what do we got left? We got Zach Davies, known ace, yeah. known Arizona Diamondbacks yeah. ace. By far the best pitcher the Diamondbacks uh, have. Yeah, versus, it's not even close. Uh, versus Thor and <laughs> uh, Noah Syndergaard, who Jesse said, uh, I believe he, he used the word wash. Did you say wash? No, I, did not, did not, I did, did not ever say, say the word wash. He did say I just said not. the Noah Syndergaard <laughs> isn't, isn't the guy you remember from five years ago. I think he's a little more. A little bit more beatable than that, although he did look especially good in his first start against the D-backs. Very true. Uh, and and playing the role of Walker Bueller is Michael Grove for the Los Angeles Dodgers, going up against Ryan Nelson, uh, who has a wonderful picture of himself, by the way, with a gigantic smile on in the uh, uh, in the back hallways, or I guess you could say lower lower uh, stadium area of Chase Field, uh, in the in where oh. we walk out to go talk to Tori and go out and see the players. Uh, I've been paying attention There's to the a new picture of Ryan Nelson. There is there's oh, some there's some fantastic notice. pictures up down there that they have uh, of of the young guys. They also have uh you know all of their concerts as well down there. But yes, uh, more importantly, Diamondbacks most likely are going to what lose tomorrow and then win the next day is that how this i mean works? i guess that's i guess that's how it that's works the pattern so that's far how it works. but uh both of those feel like very winnable games though yeah uh, davies against Cindergard. both of those guys pitched really well the last time around um and then yeah michael grove i think is certainly hittable uh ryan nelson is you know uh, i think had a, a decent outing in his first start of the year against the padres is thrown against the the dodgers had some success against them in the past already so both of those games are totally winnable. You're yeah, not staring down a, you know, a Kershaw Bumgarner or something. Like we said on yesterday's show, you kind of feel like you're stealing a game if you uh, if you win the Bumgarner Kershaw matchup, yeah. and that's exactly what the uh, Diamondbacks did, did today. And I think the biggest thing about this series and about the first series of the year is, I guess, a confidence building that, that yeah. kind of flows throughout this team. The Dodgers are beatable, and yeah. these teams are beatable. You can think of them as being a 500-pound juggernaut. But they're not. And at the end of the day, it's still one baseball team versus another. And they know their strengths now. And it seems like the Diamondbacks, from what we've seen so far in the numbers in the first series and so far in the first two games of this series, they have an advantage when it comes to relief pitching ERA and and how this bullpen has been doing. That is not something that they had in the past. Like, if anything, they could maybe edge out the Dodgers in pitching matchups for starting pitching. But by far, the bullpen was where things unraveled for the Diamondbacks. And yeah. like now that they have that advantage, it definitely feels like they could kind of hold these games together, even if they do give up a lot of runs early on and, and give this team a chance to come back. Yeah, I mean, last year, the Diamondbacks were, I believe, 10 and 28 altogether against the Padres and the Dodgers yes. combined. Right. They were five and 14 against both of those teams to be four and four to start this season, right? Three and three against the Dodgers so far, one and one against the Padres. You got to feel really good about that. Again, as we talked about on the show yesterday, the level of competition they're facing right now is extremely high, right? I mean, these are these are playoff teams, right? There's yeah. no question. Dodgers and the Padres just about lock it in. Both of those teams are going to be playing in the postseason at the end of the year. D-backs are playing 500 ball against two really, really good teams. Yeah. 
Uh, we talked about some numbers that suggest, you know, it might not be super sustainable. The D-backs offensively, pitching-wise, there are some things that need to get better, I think, for them to maintain this level of performance. But nonetheless, but, but that you're for, winning. That room for growth is there, and they're still yeah. winning, right? Like, So if they do get those things on track, if starting pitching, if Zach Gallon is able to be Zach Gallon again. Yeah, somehow you know. you're 4-4 four and four against the Dodgers and Padres, and Zach Gallon has made two terrible starts. Yeah, right? and Mer- Merrill Kelly didn't have a terrible start in his first one, but he didn't go very long. Yeah, and, and again, he was not was, good in his second one. He was not good in his second start. So, I mean, there there's still a lot of hope for this team. And again, I think that the idea here is if things continue to unravel – and, you know, the maybe maybe these guys that are struggling like Gallon and, and Kelly didn't see this team still finding a way to win. It might look a little hopeless. Right. But when you're yeah. thinking about how, like, you haven't been very good and your team is still finding ways to win, like that's got to motivate you to try to get your shit back together. You know yeah. What I mean? Yeah. It's not uh, it's not all the pressure. You, know, you don't have all the pressure right. on one guy or right. two guys. Right. It's not all if Zach Gallon doesn't throw eight scoreless, then we're then we're doomed. You know, the D-backs have. Some different ways to to win games. I think their their lineup is more formidable on paper than it's been in the past, and we haven't necessarily necessarily seen that materialize a whole lot so far. Um, but yeah, I mean, Lourdes Gurriel is not going to be five for thirty or whatever yeah. it is for 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 long, right? A lot of these things are going to resolve, and uh, we've already seen that start to happen with certain guys. So. Uh, still need Alec Thomas to get his, his first hit of the year. Yep. We're still still waiting on that. But that's got to happen, right? Like Alec Thomas isn't going to go hitless for the entire season. There's a lot of guys who still have better things coming around the corner. And you know what this proved, Jesse? Even when things aren't going for for you, well, for you, you know. Well, well for you. Well for you. Well for I, you. Can, I can talk. <laughs> when things aren't going well for you, for your team, right? Uh, you know, it, it can look hopeless. Uh, but you can get things back on track in a hurry. Right. And since the D-backs offense has been struggling, I have to ask, how's your offense doing? How is your offense doing? Is your offense doing all right? Are you guys striking out in your big moments in the bedroom? Are you having a I had hard a feeling time? That's where you were going. Are you I having really a hard time swinging your bat through the zone, Jesse? <laughs> Do you need help violating the pitch clock rules? You know what I'm saying. Uh, much like Arizona's coaching staff, Roman is here to help you. Uh, Roman is the digital health clinic for men addressing a variety of sexual health needs and offering genuine medication that helps achieve and maintain a strong erection. Don't be like the D-back starting pitching staff uh, and only go a few innings. We saw that again tonight. Roman offers discreet wipes that help you last longer in bed. MLB banned the shift and Roman has banned embarrassing trips to a doctor's office with a straightforward digital experience from the comfort of your home. If medication or testing is appropriate, uh, Roman will send it directly to your door. Everything arrives in discreet packaging. Uh, no worries for embarrassing. Uh, and if you have dead arm like Ryan, Roman will help get your arm back on track. If you know what I'm saying? Put that power back in your arm and you will be throwing fastballs over 95 miles per hour in no time. Uh, to learn more about how you can achieve your personal sexual health goals, go to ro.co slash phnx to get 20% off your entire first order. That's ro.co slash phnx. No, Jesse's fine. He's fine. <laughs> I promise you guys that. Um, but speaking of getting more, uh, more furniture is where you need to buy uh, furniture for your home. By the way, I have to tell everybody, again, Jesse wants everyone to know he doesn't have a home filled with chase lounges in fact no we've been lying this whole time he doesn't have a single chase lounge in his house <laughs> no but it is aggravating i do love them 
But, he but, but, he, but he doesn't think like he's high class enough to have one in his house. I don't know what's going on. No, if they're you, just, live they're your just, best life, Jesse. Go get a Chase Lounge just, if you want they're one. Expensive. They're oh, hard man. to find. But you know where you can get them? More. I can probably get one more furniture. Large. And you'll save big money over there. And they'll deliver it to you with the white glove delivery service. How we received our wonderful office furniture around here. Uh, you guys can save big on the best furniture in the Valley when you head to morefurniture.com. We love you guys so much. We love the Arizona Diamondbacks. And more than anything, we love winning. We thank you guys for being here tonight. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at cap underscore caveman with a K. This maniac's at Jesse N. Friedman. Uh, Damon Dog is at Damon D-A-W-G because he's got that dog in him. The PHNX uh, D-backs account, PHNX underscore D-backs. We got the dog in us too. Uh, but all roads follow or all roads lead to phnx underscore sports on twitter instagram and facebook uh elijah asked how's the food at chase tasting Ooh, it was good we got a Ooh, we got a report good. back for you by the way tonight we had the crispy bow bun which i convinced jesse to get we shared like the adorable couple that we are uh well, you and get two you get two you and get it's two. a lot of food it is a lot of food i mean and it's delicious it too. definitely uh provided us with enough sustenance to last an entire baseball game uh also Tori did ask us during the press conference if we uh, were sick of each other yet. We gave very different answers that on that. So, uh, <laughs> happy birthday, yes. Charles. <laughs> you guys uh, have a great – hey, happy birthday to yes. CWP. Big happy birthday to you, buddy. I hope you had a great day, and I hope you have a great weekend. Uh, we love you guys. Thank you again so much for being here. Uh, on behalf of Damon, Jesse, and myself, we always appreciate you guys being here. Uh, and remember, kids, baseball is fun, but it's so much more fun when you got that fire in your blood. <laughs>